Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. We're recording. I know you're not Hi. paying attention. Hi. Hi. Oh, you want me to put my phone down? Yeah. Can you put your phone down? I'm texting and- my friends. <laughs> and pay attention to me now. <laughs> it's all about me. Me, 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 me. So um, this is Coaching and Cocktails. That's Brandy. I'm Tina. I realize yep. as I listen to other podcasts how unprofessional ours still is. Um, my son likes to remind me on the regular that we do not have professional podcasting equipment. And that's what we should get ourselves for our anniversary podcast anniversary in October. We should actually try to be more professional. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. He, cause he look, my son's the techie kid, right? And he's like, well, you got to have a better microphone. And I'm sure everybody listening probably agrees. <laughs> yeah. But they're all going, yeah, get a better they're microphone. Like, right, you guys sound like that. shit. Um, you know, cause he's always talking about the microphones that like, they take out the, um, you know how, like if there's like, like cracks in the, in the, you know what I mean? Like when you're listening to something and you hear pops, like the right. pops and stuff. And there's oh, yeah. ones that filter. I don't fucking know. Um, you know, and, and we should probably get some advertising and, <laughs> sure. and some others and some other, sure. you know, really perfect because our one year anniversary, we're going to start season two in October. I yeah. can't even believe it. We have it- done every single week. We've never missed a week, even though you wanted to. I tried really hard to miss a lot of them. (laughs) I mean, the reality is... It's just scheduling. It's not that I don't want to do it. Right. But some weeks we didn't record, but we had... We always released one, right? Because sometimes we we would play catch up and do like two or three. Um, But yeah, so it's it's been almost a year. Which it feels like it's been a lifetime. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't feel like a year. It feels That's like a good way. So yeah, so we have something fun planned for the one year anniversary. So we mm-hmm. won't ruin that. We'll ruin that later. Right. But I will say, hint, hint, we're gonna do a giveaway. We still need some more reviews. So there's still time to get your we're gonna do our first giveaway when we when we do that one, right? Which so we're gonna do mm-hmm. our drawing. So there's still time to get your podcast reviews in on Apple Podcasts. Um, I I think you don't have to send us a screenshot of it anymore. A lot of I saw that there was a lot of reviews where people didn't actually send us the screenshot. So I think what we'll do is we'll just randomly select, um, and then if it's not somebody we can identify from their mm. uh, their user ID, we'll we'll put it out there, which user yeah. ID, there you which go. review, you know, or whatever wins the, you know, random drawing. And then you can contact us and let us know, which, or, you know, show us that it's you or whatever. Um, so yeah, so still time to, so you got about a month. Yeah. To, yeah. To go and um, do those podcast reviews, but you know, we're still looking for um, downloads. So make sure you subscribe and download. So you never miss an episode and review. Good job. Yes. Good job everybody on the ones that did it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the other kind of big news since we last recorded was the wall street journal article. Oh yes. Anne Marie Chuck Chaker. She is a journalist for the wall street journal, an author, a reporter, a journalist. I think it's it's journalist. It's a journalist. Yes. Um, And she, at the show in New Jersey, she had a, um, a photojournalist following her around, taking pictures the whole day. Um, and she wrote her firsthand account of, yeah. you know, kind of how she went from, we'll say soccer mom. She wasn't a soccer mom. She's actually a hockey mom, you know, went yeah. from, you know, hockey mom who let herself go or was, you know, was kind of the, the, the stereotypical, I'm not going to take care of myself. Wine, the mommy wine culture, the, I just need to be skinny. I'm never good enough to being a bodybuilder. Yeah. And it was pretty inspirational and um, pretty amazing. It was a really nice article. Yeah. So anybody can find it on our Facebook page. I'm sure if you subscribe to Wall Street Journal, you can look it up. It ran, I think, last week. But yeah, yeah, it, it was really funny because um, my husband's not on any social media and people kept sending it to him. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you know, I think that it's the most read article in the Wall Street Journal. He's like, he said, somebody at work walked by my office and was like, Hey, I was reading this article and is that your wife that's named in there? And Jim was like, well, yeah, well, why were you reading the, why were you reading that? And they're like, well, look at the picture. Like I think right. every dude in America, it's a picture of 
her in her suit. Every dude in America is like, hmm, let me take a look at this article. Let this me look at the Wall Street Journal. This looks really good. So it's so funny you said, I mean, it, it, that's actually really cool because you're a rock star. But it's so funny. It, that brings up a memory. When I was working for the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, so that was quite literally hmm. 20-ish years ago. No. No, like 15. It was 15 years ago. 16. Anyway, so the um, I worked for the chief information office. So I, I worked in the technology divi- you know, division, whatever it was called at the time. I honestly don't remember. And they had a newsletter. <laughs> and they did a feature article on me as you know, one of their employees. With, so this is a the chief information officer, right? So it's like the computer directorate people, the techie right. people. And there's a giant, there's a picture of me in a bikini on stage in my hooker heels. <laughs> and it was quite literally the most read, like the C- CIO Smith- newsletter ever. That was a Smithsonian, not patent and trade. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what? You're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It was Smithsonian. Yeah. But um, I can't fucking keep track. But yeah, so it was like the most read one. Right. <laughs> right. Because why wouldn't you, you know, because I don't think I would ever read them. But if there was a chick in a bikini or, you know, a guy right. in like a fucking Speedo like flexes his muscles. Like, well, like, let, let me see, see what, what this, this was about. about. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was kind of cool. Like that yes. was, that was really cool. It was a great article. I encourage everybody to read it. Uh, definitely cool to see our names in print. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that was that's our big news. On top of actually finishing <laughs> our series today, yes, on competing. We are. We're going to finish our series on competing, um, and it's it's timely because there's going to be a lot of people getting on stage and coming off stage here mm-hmm. shortly, right? So mm-hmm. um, we have our next team event coming up on September 12th in mm-hmm. Norfolk. It's the OCB Apex Natural, I think is what it's called. We've never done this show before as a team, so I don't know what to expect. Of course, nobody knows what to, even right. even the regular shows, we don't know what to expect anymore because of the whole COVID restrictions. But, and then we also have a client competing um, in the Michigan Roar, I think it's called, um, in Michigan, obviously. <laughs> so on, on uh, September 12th, uh, yeah. So we're, and we're actually going to do a cool podcast the night before we're going to record for you guys um, a little bit of the night before with the, you know, athletes kind of get an idea for those of you who've never competed. Right. So kind of give you a little bit of that inside. Letting people, yeah. Inside the tent, you can see what it, see what it's like. You can listen while we drink our beer and eat pizza and tell people. (laughs) (laughs) We should, oh my God, we should do that. You know what I mean? Like we should have a pizza (laughs) sitting there and have a cup and, and like some wine or some Trulies while we're podcasting with these <laughs> with these poor with these women, poor women who are dying. that are like, hey, so tell us how you're feeling right now, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that would be so mean. We'll wait until Saturday be, when right. we record our other podcast right. to do that. Right. We learned um, our lesson, I guess, on that one. We should hide. We have to hide stuff before. <laughs> so real. So another kind of quick note before we get started, just because some people have asked and have commented. Um, a sad news update um, on my my neighbor. Oh, right. Who unfortunately uh, returned to the man who tried to kill her a couple weeks ago. And at first she was hiding her car in the garage. And I was trying to pretend like that wasn't, even though Eric kept saying, he's like, he said, I'm, she's got to be back. Because why would he? This is a man who lives alone and drives like a $500 million Mercedes that's always in the garage. So why would it be sitting on the side of the street? Like why, why was it not parked in his garage? Right. So, um, and now she just parks in the driveway. She's been there for about a week and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's real tough. It's tough because it's real easy to victim shame and say like, she's stupid. What is she doing? Blah, blah, blah. Told you so. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, fuck her if she's going to do that. But it's not that simple. And, you know, like victim shaming, no matter what the situation is, shouldn't happen because nobody's in her head but her. Like we all have clarity looking at the situation to say, girl, that's not safe. That is not a healthy place for you. I don't care what he told you. He's not better. I don't care what he told you. You're not safe. Right. And this isn't good for you. But who who knows the emotional damage that was done to her 
or has been done to her or whatever her life story is that tells her that that's what she's worth. Right. And that sucks to watch. And, you know, I, right. So, you know, my immediate reaction is to be, uh, you know, outraged and heartbroken all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and not, and, and part of it I would say is outraged. Like, okay, like you, like I went out, I did all this stuff, put my own safety, you know, at risk to help you. And then you, you come back. Like, why would you waste my time? Like, that's the immediate, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, that, that's just sort of the, the, just the human. That's where my brain right. went at first. Then I'm outraged that out, the outrage and sadness, the sadness outrage for women right. who are caught up in this cycle that can't break it. Right. And it breaks my heart for them. It makes me mad for them, not at them, right? Like not victim shaming, not because um, it's easy to victim shame. But then I have to think, right? Like I have to think, I'm like, look, I've never had a man put his hands on me ever. I've, I can't even say I've actually ever even had somebody be emotionally abusive to me, but I do know what it's like to be so, to maybe not feel like you're, to put yourself in a situation like with my ex-husband. I will say, you saw, because you mm-hmm. were there, mm-hmm. when he left me, I was a broken person. Like, I, like literally, I feel like there was one night I was like holding on to his leg as he's like walking out the door <laughs> and he's dragging me out the door. Right. Because so we all get caught right. up in some, some like, Oh my God, I can't survive without you yeah. love. Right. Or, 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 or whatever it is, whatever it is. Right. Or obsession or whatever it is. And so, and then when, if you add emotional, physical right. abuse on top of that, you know, I, I have my own baggage, which is sort of what led me to be that like, obsessive, you know, I didn't want to be by myself kind of thing, no matter how bad the marriage was. So imagine if it's 20 levels deeper, you know what I mean? So, so I get it. I get it on, on that level. Um, and it's easy to sit on the sidelines and say, any man put his hands on me, knock because this woman, you know, would have had you convinced the day it happened that she's like, I can't go back. I can never go back. I can, I mean, I, she repeated it a thousand times and the next day when she called me. Yeah. Um, and then there she was. So anyway, just wanted to give that update. Um, you know, cause some people have asked. So yeah, I hate that for her and you pray know, for like, her. All, right. I was just gonna say all, that's all you can really do is, is pray for her. Cause there's no human intervention that's going to solve that unless, unless he actually kills her next time. Then I right. guess that solves it. Um, right. And of course my bigger concern is now she will hide it even more because it's even more embarrassing now that she went back. Right. So, absolutely. you know, if she, if she would have reached out for help before she definitely won't now. So who knows anyway? So let's, so, you know, let's, that's, that's that, that's that update. Now we'll get off of the sad stuff. And well, uh, I was going to tell you that you posted something on Facebook the other day that I absolutely loved. Oh, what was it? Are you, oh, I was going to say, do you know what it was? It was um, that, I guess it was a meme. I don't know, a saying that said, I'm going to misquote it, but telling a black man to act right so the cops don't hurt him is the same difference as telling a woman if she didn't dress that way, she wouldn't get raped. Right. It's, and I was so, like, yeah, telling a black shit, man yeah, not, it's, yeah, it's, it's, to, it's the same, it's the equivalent of telling a woman to dress appropriately so she doesn't get raped. Right. And that is it. You and I had this conversation, I don't know if it was when we had our, our racism podcast with Heather and Rima. Um, or if it's just conversations you and I were having actually, or it may have been in white fragility. It was, that was the moment I got it when I, when it was, when like women's suffrage was brought up Mm -hmm. and, you know, women's voting rights and women, you know, because women haven't always had the rights to, you know, that's where I started to really understand systemic racism. And I think women, of any color, honestly, can mm-hmm. relate to that more than yes. any man yes, ever yes. will, right? Yes, white, yes, yes. White, brown, or I mean, white men. White men are definitely not going to be able to relate to it as well as any color woman because we have also, right? You know, systemically been, you know, uh, put into those types of, you know, roles, right? So, absolutely. Yes, that I mean, that that's it. And if if 
if you don't understand that, right, then like you said, then if, if you don't get this concept, then you're part of the problem. Then, yeah, then you are the problem. <laughs> you are the problem. You are the right? problem. If you don't get that concept, you yeah. are the problem. Yeah, I, I just, I love that. And everything you just said, yeah, like, yes, yes, amen, amen. Because I, you know, lately I've been like, why am I so pissed off about this? Because I'm not a black man. I'm pretty sure I'll never be a black man. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think <clears throat> I will be. Like, why am I so pissed? And it's exactly what you said. It's because as women in general, we're not that further up the food chain. Nope. And additionally, you know, at one time it was okay to do whatever you wanted to women and do whatever you wanted to black people and do whatever you wanted to all sorts of races of people. And let's, let's forget like gay people and the things that were perfectly okay to do to them. And I'm like, you know, if I was ever in a situation where like, what if it becomes little white girls? right? Then you know what? I hope every other person out there would just stand up for humanity for me. And that's why it's about humanity. It's about, about humanity. what's not okay. It's not that, well, it doesn't affect me, therefore fuck them all. Right. No. Right. And that's and it's selfish, right? I don't want to live in a world where people are treated like shit. Right. Period. End no. of story. I'm tired because of, of their race, gender, sexual preference. Right. Or, or, or for any reason, right? Any reason. Shit does nothing to do with you. Yeah. I mean, it was like somebody else and I had seen this, I had seen this sort of thing before. Um, you know, it's like, we tell women to cover their drinks. We tell women to not walk alone. We tell women to, um, not do this A, B, C, D, E, and E. How about we focus on telling men not to fucking rape women? How about that? Why should I have to? So, so me, why should I have to cover my drink when I go to the bathroom? Right. Because the white guy standing next to me doesn't have to worry about covering his drink when he right. goes to the bathroom. Right. Or even the black guy, right? Right. So, you know, so that's not about race. And I'm not making the gender versus race thing any, you know, one's better or worse than the other. It's not. It's just this is what helps me to understand right. the problem because yep. I have felt the same type, you know, I, I have felt, I'm not going to say the same. I can't cause I don't, but it's, I get it. It helps me get it. That's all I'm right. going to say. Yeah. I mean like amen to all of it, you know, like amen to, to all of it and everybody's standing up and pushing back and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. But that's how change happens, you know? Yeah. And just like you said, like when the me too movement started, I was almost a little off put by it Yep, because I was like, well, I'm a 42-year-old woman who spent my entire life in a men's environment, learning to operate in that environment, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, just stop complaining. You have to just be smarter than them. You have to outmaneuver them. You have to do all the things you said. You got to cover your drink. You got to be with friends. You got to always be on guard, blah, blah, blah. And then it's fine. And it took a while in the Me Too movement for me to stop and be like, it had never fucking crossed my mind that that my fight shouldn't be how women protect themselves. My fight should be you stop fucking attacking women. Women are not animals to be preyed on. Yep. We're, no, we're humans I, too. I am a, uh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. When the, the me too came out, I was the same. I was like, I was like, come on again. I too, as a woman in a male dominated environment managed to work. You know what I mean? Like I, I've had people touch me inappropriately and I said, get the, get your fucking hands off me. I'm going to fucking kick you in the dick. Right. Like I never felt like I was going to not be promoted or, you know, but I did feel like I had to outmaneuver them. And I felt like Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, you, you automatically God, there was another thing. And I don't know if it was in white fragility or, um, or white raid. One of, one of the books I read, but it was talking about just that, Mm -hmm. right? Like as a woman or a person of color, woman or man, when you walk into a room, you're automatic. You're, it's like you're carrying the weight of right. all those other people of your same gender and race with you to prove that you're as good as, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean. To you have to prove more. Just because I walked into the room as a woman, I had to. I had more. I had to prove. Right. It right, right. had nothing to do with my own skills or knowledge. Because I was a woman, I had to work harder. Right. Well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it becomes focused on the prey, right? It became focused on how to, how to stay alive as a prey animal. Right. Right. As an animal that's preyed upon. 
it has never crossed my mind that we should be focused on those who are hunting mm-hmm. inappropriately, right? And yes. it really comes down to that. And I said that to my husband one day, and I think he about like passed out because, of course, like it's, it, like that's oblivious. Like he's these are problems he's never thought about until he had two daughters. But I'm like, as a woman, more or less, you live as like a deer in hunting season your mm-hmm. entire fucking life, right? Yep. <clears throat> When's it going to get dark? Who's in that car? Bah, 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 bah. You know, do I have to go into a parking garage. Do I have to do this? Who's this over there? What's that? Does somebody gonna- things men yeah. never, never have of. to think about, right? Men never have to think about just like as a, a, a white male or white woman getting pulled over by the cops and losing your life over it is something you never have never. had to think about. Never. Think about that. Never. So if you and don't get it, if you don't get it using those references, yeah, then you're part of the problem. Period. You, you are the problem. You're you the are. problem. You're the so problem. Just embrace okay. that. Realize it. All right. Anyway, so, so that was going down. I'm glad we talked about that because all those roads. I mean, it, it's <laughs> right. It's important. Yep. So, it is. Okay. So that's important. Social that's justice. Important keep working Social on justice. It. Let's so keep stop. working on it. Um, but in the sure, meantime, make sure you vote and wear a mask. Yes, and I won't tell you who to vote for, but I'll tell you who not to vote for. <laughs> I am I am legit getting one of those signs from my front yard that says Dogs 2020 because humans suck. Right, for yes. sure. Dogs 2020 because humans suck. And yeah, so. And yeah. that. Anywho, so today, what are we talking about today? Today we are going to finish up our uh, What to Expect When You're Competing. There you go. Series. <laughs> not expecting. We're not having babies. No, um, we are not. We are not having babies nope. ever again. That is done. Yep. Done with that. And, um, and, and this is our last part, which actually feeds into the very first one, right? So this is the, mm-hmm. um, the cycle of life. The night after the, sh- the night of the show, which we kind of touched on in the last one, and then all the way through to... Well, I'm going to actually cut it at like four to six weeks post-show because really your reverse should end. Yeah, we're just going to talk through your the reverse. Into, then you're into the what we talked about in the very first one, right. which is all the off-season stuff, right? So Exactly right. Um, and it's, you know, it's really funny. We actually got some good feedback. We got feedback on um, from a nurse friend and from our vet friend, right, um, our, our, uh, about the refeed syndrome. And oh, okay. that we talked about that, um, you know, we, I mentioned in this, at the very end of the podcast, we were talking about, um, you know, where you're coming off stage and going and gorging yourself, right? Yes. So kind of like taking an anorexic and feeding them too quickly. Yeah. Um, and so we had a veter- a veterinarian student um, and Nat, hey, hey Nat, and uh, Kristen, um, mm-hmm. who's a nurse, right? She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Nur- <clears throat> uh, nurse practice. Nurse practitioner. Or, wait, um, I might have the wrong term. She might be one above that. I forget. PA. So yeah. So both of uh, those wonderful women commented um, and validated and said, "Good job." Right. So right. Um, and it's funny because um, Nancy was here yesterday and she had a refeed this week. So it was her birthday. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, yeah, Nancy! Um, and gave her a refeed, and it was just she, you know, just some foods. She it was for her birthday, and it was maybe some stuff she hadn't normally eaten. Right. So she didn't eat excessive calories, but it was kind of a little heavier food than she normally would eat. And so she was here yesterday. She's like, and I heard, she's like, and I heard you talking about the refeed syndrome and I was on my way here. She's like, oh my God, did I do that to myself? Mm. And I said, no, right. Like you, you were eating like reasonable calories, but you know, I said, you can equate that or on a very, um, on a very low level to Thanksgiving holiday meal. Mm-hmm. Right, you have a holiday meal and you eat way too much, mm-hmm. and you get your heart's kind of like like the meat sweats. Yeah, you get exactly you get the meat sweats. Your heart's kind of you got heart palpitations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, headache. You feel hungover the next day, mm-hmm. and that at its very, very, very lowest level is some form of that. Right. So imagine some form of refeed syndrome. So imagine. If you did that times like 20 and you just gorge and you gorge and you gorge and now those heart palpitations are turning into like a full blown, like your heart's just going to fucking stop because you mm-hmm. took your body into shock and you can't. Right. Edema, like 
Yep. Edema. The the edema is what typically will put people in the hospital Mm -hmm. where just like the massive swelling because your body can't process Mm -hmm. what you just did. Exactly. So so to back the train up, exactly right. So to back the train up for a minute, reverse dieting is somewhat new to the sport because for many years, (laughs) for many years, you stepped off stage and fell face first into a buffet. Yep. Until you gained about 50 pounds. Yep. I think, I think we touched on that. Right. But yes, that's exactly, that's where we're starting from. Yes. So then at some point, I guess probably the last 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people, coaches, every athlete started to realize like, well, this is insane, right? Because if you watch other sports, they don't, the marathon runner doesn't finish the marathon and then immediately park on the couch forever and gain 50 pounds, right? right? They keep working. Like other sports, you're an athlete, you're round, not just in your competition. Right. So, which is why so many people say bodybuilding isn't a sport. Well, yeah, I guess. Because, because I will say because too many people do not treat it as such. Well, sure. I, I mean, I feel like that's changing. So yes. the concept of reverse dieting is just what you said. You hit probably your lowest point you should on stage. Mm-hmm. And then it's a incremental increase in calories to let your body readjust. Mm-hmm. And to not put on excessive amount of body fat in a short period of time, to right. not put on excessive amount of water weight in a short period of time, and to not have that immediate light switch of I'm competing, okay, now I'm done, you know, all hell breaks loose. Right. Which um, is the way it always used to be. Yeah. The way it used to be. I mean, I've heard stories of people like gaining 20, 25 pounds the day between the stage and the next day. Yes. Imagine that. Dangerous. Very dangerous. I mean, I've been known to put on 10 and I'm, I'm small. So, you know, within a couple of days. And, you know, people are, so people are going to put on some and and a relative significant amount. Like what would you say your average client puts on like within the first week, let's say after stage? Well, I know it, it depends, right? Everything's caveated with it depends. I'm going to say three on the low end mm-hmm. to 10 on the really high end. That's, that's a person that probably didn't quite stick to the reverse plan, but didn't right. go completely nuts. But let me back up. Let's back up real quick. So to add on to what you said about the reverse. So think of the, so just like nobody got to the stage by just like cutting all your calories at once and doing 500 hours of cardio, right? You kind of gradually decrease calories and you gradually increase cardio and, you know, you did it in waves or whatever, right? You didn't just do it all at once. And so reverse dieting is quite literally Mm -hmm. going back out of that, you know, the reverse way that you came in, right? We're going to gradually increase calories then we're going to gradually decrease cardio, right? Right. But we're not going to stop going to the gym. We're not going to fill you with like thousands of calories all of a sudden and you're not going to stop doing cardio all of a sudden, even though you might want to. All right. So there's that. The reason why we have to do it this way and the reason why we don't just slam your body full of calories um, is because your metabolism has gotten very adapted to uh, low intake of calories and high output of calories, mm-hmm. right? So your body has learned to adapt on very li- to, to live on very little. And so if you take in too many calories at once, your body doesn't need those calories anymore to, in order to be able to function, right? It's, it's used to functioning on very little. And Anything over what your body thinks it needs to function, which is very low at this point, will immediately be gained mm-hmm. as fat. So you you are truly in a condition where your body is right. set up to gain fat very quickly, right? So sometimes that weight that you gain back in the first week is, if you're not following your reverse closely, is not all water, right? right. You will gain fat very oh, yeah. quickly if you don't if you if you're not careful and. The other really interesting thing, and I always put, I, I, I do this to scare people because it's because it is true because it I, I've I've seen it happen with myself and with clients. And um, off the top of my head, I can't think of the name of it. I'll have to look it up and post it with the um, with the podcast. But 
you know, um, we're born with the number of fat cells mm-hmm. we're, we have in our lifetime, right? So unless you get liposuction, what you're born with is what you have. They just expand and contract. They, they get bigger and they get smaller. Um, however, comma, <laughs> it, when you overfeed somebody, um, this isn't refeed syndrome, but when you, when you overfeed, your body actually has the ability to grow new little baby fat cells. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you're, you are now actually increasing the number of fat cells that you have. Um, so now you have that you have more fat cells that also have the capacity to expand, right? So you, you have the capacity to get fatter, mm-hmm. more fatter, more fat to gain more fat than you did before you competed, right? Because right. you fed too much, too fast. You, you, you develop, you grew new little baby fat cells, which also now want to get fat, right? right. So. Um, uh, and you know, all your hormones and stuff are controlled by your, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in layman's terms controlled by your, your fat cells. Um, so when you have less fat, your body, your hormones get all sorts of kinds of wonky, right? So I don't, I, I think we touched on this, but you know, like your hunger and satiety hormones are going to be out of whack and your, uh, your male and female sex hormones are going to be out of whack. Your testosterone is going to be low. You're probably going to lose your period as a woman. Like it's all these crazy things that happen. Um, and so, um, gaining fat back too rapidly can impact not only the fact that you've gained more fat, um, but have a, you know, an, another impact on your, you know, all your hormones. And then the other thing I'll say about the little fat cells, the, if the fat you gain back too rapidly, if you don't follow your reverse plan is fat, that's even harder to lose the next time you try to diet for competition, which is what we talked about in the very first episode of this pod, of this series. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, so the whole reason you want to reverse is because you don't want to gain fat back too rapidly. Right. However, comma. <laughs> and then I'm going to let you talk, promise. So then I'm, then I'm going to say, but if you are somebody, and everybody's reverse is going to be different. If you are somebody who got to absolute stage level conditioning, right? Like, like our client, Rebecca, she was shredded, shredded, shredded. That was stage level conditioning. That, that's when you have actually hit your peak. You need to actually introduce calories a little bit quicker sooner right. because we have to get her out of that state quickly. I like to call that the recovery phase. So like I, I like to call recovery mm-hmm. and then reverse because we got to get her recovered quickly. Mm-hmm. We got to get her hormones back. We got to get some body fat back on her. Not a lot, but enough for her to be healthy. Now, if you were somebody that maybe had five to 10 pounds still to lose, right? Like you weren't quite there. Yeah. We, have, we have clients in that place, right? They still look good on stage, but they could have lost another five or 10 pounds. Um, those are people we want to reverse more slowly so that we can keep them because they're not at that stage level conditioning. So they're at a healthy place, right? right. Their calories might be super low. Um, I think Angie might've fit into that category. We talked about her before and you do a much slower reverse so she can stay leaner. Right. And so you don't have to fight as hard the next time. Yeah. So I'll speak to Angie, um, in particular. So it was, she was a first time competitor. She dieted for a really long time because she started with, we dieted, we took some time off to build and then probably like five or six months to the actual show, but she's still, she was very lean. Like she had probably lost 65 pounds altogether, but wasn't, you know, wasn't stage lean as she shouldn't be. It was her first time out. So she was about 115, I think on show day, my plan for her coming off. And we never got that low in calories. I mean, she was doing cardio twice a day, a couple times a week. She was maybe like 1200 calories. It wasn't like that scary low. Um, she was interesting because she came off the stage. She, that night, had a free meal, not a gorge, a free meal. The next day, I just kind of said, you know, don't get weird, but just cool out on Sunday. You know, cool out, do what you've got to do. Don't binge, but I'm not going to ask questions. And then Monday, I started her on her actual reverse calories, which 
I think I probably moved him up to about 1500 that fast and took her cardio way down. Well, she, within the first 10 days, went from 115 to 125, but has not budged off of 125 to this day. And it's mm-hmm. been almost a year. Yeah. So, I mean, that really, to your point, it, she wasn't scary low. She wasn't scary lean. But what she managed to accomplish is kind of a new natural state for her. And she has maintained that through the reverse and almost a year, which is, in my opinion, perfection, right? Yep. That's what you want, perfection. So now when we go into the next season, she's not starting at 165 pounds. She's starting at 125 pounds with new muscle Mm -hmm. and then can get a little leaner. So the next reverse might look a little different. Right. You know, there was no binging. There was no falling off. She did. She did have a struggle that a lot of people often have, which was trying to restrict a little too much to start. Had a little bit of a challenge calibrating um, the reverse, wanting to continue to restrict. Mm-hmm. There was probably about two weeks in there where I had to say, like, listen, this you can't you can't continue to try to stay lean. We have to get your calories up. I'm not doing anything else. Train. I pulled all her training, frankly, until I could get her calories up, and then something clicked in her head, and it was beautiful ever since. But yeah, the reverse is the well. The reverse is sometimes true in the reverse that not only do people sometimes want to binge, but sometimes want to continue to try to restrict. Yes. And, and then you also will have the blend of the two, right? So mm-hmm. then we get into binge restrict, binge restrict. Yes. Binge and that's restrict. called disordered eating. That is called disordered eating. And I will say the sport, it, it is an easy pattern to fall into. I will say, look, I'm going to say this right now. Oh, hang on. Sorry about that. Right. I am back. I had to let, uh, nope, I got bored and quit. I had to let the dog out because <laughs> like, uh, this is stupid. I'm done. <laughs> Eric, I'm done. Eric came home um, and I have my door shut. Um, I'm going to tell people if you hear nothing else that I say and the people that are in the throes of their competition diet are not going to believe me. They're going to say I'm crazy. If you've never done a reverse diet before, I'm going to tell you right now, it's the hardest thing you will do as a competitor. But that it's is, also- I, point. Blank, period. Yes, my Bixby was talking to me. She heard me say predator. Oh. <laughs> it is, it was a pregnated pause on purpose. It was, it's the hardest thing you will do because you do not have a show dangling in front of you X weeks out. Right. Right? It is harder to stay on your macros, your designated macros, when there is not a show X weeks out where you got to put on a tiny little blinged out bikini and hooker heels. Okay. It's, it's hard, 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 hard. You have to put body fat back on. You have to have to. And that's, that's the hardest part for people. Yep. Because you're going to see this image of perfection that you spent all these months, right. Preparing. You're going to see all those fine little lines get blurred and softened. Right. It, Mm -hmm. it, but it has to happen um, for your health. You do not get to stay lean. And everybody right now in the, in the midst of the competition prep is like, oh, no, it won't be a problem for me. I'm not even craving pizza. I'm good. I hear this all the time. I actually had a conversation with one of my client's boyfriends at a show, and I was like, she doesn't think she's going <laughs> to – I don't even care. I don't care about food. I love my tilapia. I said, mark my <laughs> word, she's going to struggle. I'm just letting you know now. He's right. like, oh, gee whiz, thanks, right? Um, but, it, but it is absolutely the truth because, look, you've been so restrictive. There's all these things that are going to happen. You don't have the show dangling in front of you. You start to have the tastes of the treats again, right? You haven't had – Mm-hmm. refined sugars and chemically processed, right. you know, Oreos and, and the fats and the salts and all of it. You haven't had all these really highly right. palatable foods in a long time for most people, right? You're going to start having some of these highly palatable foods because mm-hmm. you have the calories to do so, right? And these highly palatable foods, these, the chemicals in the food react and the chemicals in your brain and it, you're, it's sugars like crack. I'm not kidding you. And you will suddenly be, you know, the cravings are going to be off the charts and you're going to have this out of body experience where you have now finished off, you know, five jars of peanut butter 
and every rice cake in the house and all the cookies and whatever the fuck else you decided to stock up on because yeah. which I told you not to do in the last episode. Um, but it's going to happen. Right. And don't forget your, your physiologically, your hormones are all sorts of fucked up right. on show. Day. I mean, at that point, all sorts of fucked up. So your, your satiety hormones and your hunger hormones, they don't fucking know which way is up. And you could have eaten 5,000 calories and your body's going to be like, bitch, I'm still fucking hungry. Right. Feed me Seymour. Right. Um, so yep. So then you eat and you eat and you eat and then you feel disgusting. And then you're like, oh no, I have to restrict And Let me go back on my, let me go back on my competition calories no. and then let me go cardio it off. And then you're, then you're, it's going to be like, oh my God, this is too restrictive. I hate it. And then you're going to binge again. Right. And then you're going to, so, so yes. So that's, that, you know, that's kind of the worst thing that happens. Um, right. But if you have a coach, so a lot of people don't stay with their coaches. Yeah. Post show. And so the scenarios you're talking about are usually people trying to white knuckle it mm-hmm. through the post show. We require all the clients to stay on. And frankly, at this point, kind of our clients stay forever. So we just naturally ease into the reverse cycle. And I, I personally really like coaching people through the reverse. And I do it a lot. Um, and I, I think most of the clients do pretty well because at that point, they're very used to implementing a plan. And what I kind of try to just say is like, just don't start thinking yet right? Don't start thinking, just do what I say. Listen to my voice. Yeah. The same thing you did all the way up to the show. Don't stop that right right. now. Just keep going. And if you can get through about the first two to three weeks, you're fine at that point because a reverse should really only be four to six weeks. If you're still on a reverse eight months later, like (laughs) something went wrong. Yeah. So it's really just getting through that first bump in the road with the athletes. And once you get the, the calories enough, where people aren't super hungry, Mm -hmm. right? Then I think it's easier to kind of ease back in. There's also rebounding later down the road with Mm -hmm. some people. That's kind of, I wouldn't say that's related to the reverse. That's a separate part of the cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think some people later, some people are like really on point initially and then you know, the, uh, look, I'm, the fall is one of the hardest seasons to compete in. Because you go right into the holidays. Because you go right into the holidays and everybody's real good until that one time that you're not. And then it's like, push, and yeah. everything goes to shit. Um, you know, so that that's tough. Um, here's one thing I'll say. Um, so uh, to your point of, you know, um, we, I mean, we don't force, if I have a client that absolutely can't stay on, obviously they don't. don't no, we don't force anybody to do anything. But I strong, we strongly encourage our clients to stay on four to eight weeks, right? So at least another mm-hmm. two months if they can. If not, obviously, I, I would like to work with client, many of my clients forever, but I don't get the, you know, some, some people can't afford it and I get it. Um, but like I have a client who was planning an Aruba vacation the day after her show. I said, absolutely not. No way. Yeah. The, the absolute worst thing you can do is plan a vacation. I don't care if you're fucking going to Ocean City or an all-inclusive resort. Don't do it. Yeah. You're going to be tempted to be like, oh, but I'm going to look so hot. It's the best time I'm, I'm going to ever look. Okay, look, I'm telling you right now, you cannot go from a show to an all-inclusive resort and think you're going to stay on your reverse and be tracking your shit because you're right. not, right? You have just literally <laughs> put yourself in the worst possible scenario. So I usually ask clients, give yourself, like you said, two to four weeks to get out of the danger zone, mm-hmm. right? To... Breathe a little bit, not feel that immediate, like, oh my God, I got to eat everything in sight because right. I haven't had anything to eat for a while and blah, blah, blah. You kind of get over that hump and then you're in a little bit of a safer place, right? And then you can go and have a little bit more freedom and, you know, and not be an absolute crazy person. Um, so don't take a vacation right after your show. Please right. don't do it because you will not be able to stay on your reverse. It ta- It's going to take one hell of a person to be able to have that kind of control, especially... I think I'm probably talking mostly to like newer competitors because people who have experience with this are going to be like, oh, well, I got this. I'm good. And you might, right? But, oh, yeah. um, but there's not a lot of those around. There's not a lot who are like, I'm competing for my 10th season. Like <laughs> there's just not. Yeah. 
right? And if you are, then you don't necessarily need this information, right? So, um, but yeah, so it, but for me, you know, my, my whole goal is to get somebody recovered. So that's why a reverse doesn't take eight, eight months, right? So we, recovery means, um, like, so to add on to what you said, not starving all the time, right? So we're, we're getting enough body fat back on the body so that those hormones have re-regulated themselves, right? Which means you're sleeping better because when your body fat levels get low, you start sleep, starts to, your quality of sleep goes to shit. Sorry, but it does. Um, your hunger and satiety hormones, right? So you're feeling not satiated when you should, hungry when you should, not starving all the time. Your strength is increasing in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of mentally, you feel a little bit more even keel, right? So, cause some people with lower levels of body fat, some anxiety, you know, there's like some anxiety and, you know, sort of the carb depletion brain starts mm-hmm. to kind of come on. Um, and you know, just how you're feeling overall, that's what I consider recovered. And that usually for most people is in the four to six week period. Some people take a little bit longer, not all women get their periods back, right? So if you lost your cycle, that can sometimes take a little longer. Um, So we may have all those other factors in play, but still no cycle. And I would still consider them fairly recovered. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, so my initial thing, and I'm with you, I do the same thing with clients. So the night after the show, it's a free meal, but there are some parameters. It is not gorging, you know, there's no binging, there's none of that, you know, go have a steak and a baked potato or a slice of pizza and ice cream, whatever the thing is you're craving, but you're not allowed to just go out and eat everything because just because you fucking right. can because, oh, by the way, you can't. And then the next day, uh, you know, it's like have three, have three square meals, right? Have a nice breakfast, have a nice lunch, have a right. nice dinner, right? It doesn't, you don't have to track it. Just enjoy it, right? But don't, don't go over the top. Don't be crazy. Like you said, don't be crazy. Don't get weird. Use your head. It'll yeah. all be okay. <laughs> That's right. Um, woo, I used our thing. Um, and then usually by Monday, we're on the reverse right. macros. Um, depending on if they, you know, and this is, we're talking about clients that are, aren't going into another show, right? So this is like season is done. Right. Sometimes I'll give them usually by, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, if the show's on Saturday, I'm, you know, I'm telling, I do want them to stay active, but if they want to take a little, you know, I'm like for that week after a show, Right. Stay active, but do what you want. You want to go for a run, go for a run. You want to do Zumba, you want to go do Zumba, do do Zumba. You want to go take a spin class, go for, go mountain biking, go kayaking, go what, do what you enjoy. I don't, I don't actually, you know, you don't have to have a plan. You know, you want to go in and work. You want to lift, you want to go do squats five days in a row, then go do squats five days. Right. I don't fucking care. Right. It's, it's all about just kind of relaxing the body, relaxing the mind. Um, and then we start rolling into, okay, what's our next phase of training, starting to, you know, build the calories back up, starting to reduce the cardio, and then truly getting into that, you know, that reverse uh, piece of it. And here's, here's the other piece of advice I'll say. Don't start eating all sorts of different crap foods no, right. because now you have 1500 calories instead of 1200 calories. Right. And so, so that means, oh, I can fit in a donut and, and yeah, you can, but it should, your, your diet should not change, right? right. It should just be more of the same right. foods you've been eating, right. right? So instead of one slice of Ezekiel bread, have two. Maybe right. you can have a little jelly on it where you didn't have the calories right. for it before. You know, can you have a cookie? Have a cookie, right? But your the majority of your calories should still be the exact same foods you've been eating. Continue to fill right. your diet with fruits and vegetables and lean proteins right. and, you know, have the occasional treat because you, you do have a little bit more calories, but don't start trying to fill your fucking diet with McDonald's and right. Chick-fil-A and all the other crap and Oreos and whatever the fuck else, because now you have 1500 calories. So that means you can have an entire pack of Oreos. Right. And that, I mean, I think that that is part of, especially what new competitors struggle with is the, the life balance. Right. Yeah. And it's often, you know, well, I'm competing, so I'm on. So, you know, everybody knows I'm not going out and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that, mm. you know, and they don't set that boundary post-show. They haven't mm-hmm. set that boundary for themselves as a lifestyle yet. Right. So then they reopen that can of worms because everybody said, well, you're done competing. So why aren't we out drinking? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't, aren't, you know, why aren't we doing that? And that at that point, an athlete has to decide if they're an athlete 
or if it was a one-time thing. Because to your point, you shouldn't be having alcohol on the regular. You shouldn't be having Chick-fil-A or what Chick-fil-A is fine, but you shouldn't be eating McDonald's (laughs) every night of the week. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be eating shit anyway. You shouldn't be putting shit into your body. Anyway, it doesn't matter what you're doing. No. Um, And I think that, in fact, Kelly, and I'm sure she doesn't mind us talking about it. That was one of her big reverse struggles was when she was ultra red, you know, regimented by us, it was fine. She had, it was very scary to then not have that plan, right? And to have to navigate the world now without a very strict plan. Because it mm-hmm. wasn't at that point entirely a lifestyle. Right. So there it, was a bit of a yes. rebound post reverse for her. And that rebound had nothing to do with wanting food or being hungry or having cravings. It was a lifestyle rebound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And, but, I mean, and, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, no I was, was just going to say, like, work nope. through that. Nope. But, <laughs> no, it, no, no, you go. Yeah. No, I'll go. No, you go. Okay. <laughs> um, so to add on to what you said about setting boundaries, okay, look, your friends and your family, they love you. They want to celebrate you. They've seen how hard you work, and every one of them is going to want to bring you treats and take you out and because you've missed out. And, and, and you're going to have... 50 of your closest friends wanting to have brunch and bring, you know, mm-hmm. bring you a cake and your coworkers are going to bring you cookies and set the boundary now. Right. Ask them kindly now not to do that after the show. Right. Because you're going to feel bad because they made you cookies and then that meant you had to eat the cookies and then you're going to go out to eat five times in a week when you haven't been out to eat in you know months yeah, a year um so i'm not saying don't go out with friends and family cuz they you know they do they want to celebrate you but you have to set some limits right so maybe only have one lunch per week right maybe you have right. five friends that want to take you out so you either combine them all into one lunch right or if they're all different friends and family schedule one a week don't try to schedule breakfast lunch and dinner for the right. entire week, right? Because you you feel like, you know, let them know that this is what's coming. Let them know that just because you're stepping off stage doesn't mean you're going to go back to your old ways, right? You're going to you're going to just stop being a bodybuilder unless like you said, unless you're done. Unless you but even then, don't because it's still well, you're still going to hate what happens if you do. Trust me, you're going to hate yes. what happens if you do. Just yes. don't do it. Um if you don't feel like you can maintain control, um, most people can't just going to tell you, you can't. So just, you know, proceed with caution. Mm-hmm. And if you let people know ahead of time, then they'll understand. Then they're not, then the feelings of, well, well, I made you cookies. Why can't you eat cookies? I'm going to bring you a cake and we want to celebrate this. Let them know. It's just, we're, we're educating you. We make sure we educate our clients so you can educate those around you, right? So that they can continue to support you and help you understand, help them understand. And, you know, and that's what it's all about, right? It's, you having your boundaries, you having your plan, and you trusting yourself then at that point in the journey, right? Because you have enough information after you've worked with us for God only knows how long to get to the stage to know that binge eating and all this nonsense is not going to help you. So use your, use your information. And like I said, we've had great luck, I think, with most of our reverses. And I would guess if we were to do a poll, People who have coaches are far more successful than those who try to do it on their own. Yeah, but I I will say I have definitely had my share of clients that didn't that didn't do a damn thing I told them to do in their reverse, right? And gain the you know, look, you know, you know the My Fitness Pal that says they're still only eating twelve hundred calories a day. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but they gained 20 pounds in the first week and they don't know what happened and they're definitely following the reverse and there's no way in, and I'm somehow making them fat because I increased their calories by 200. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not real. None of that's real. You're not getting fat because of the calories your coach has put you on. right? Right. So if you went from 1200 to 1500, that's not making you fat. Right. It's the, it's everything over that 1500. You're eating, not logging, um, you're sneaking, you're binging, you're eating out. It's, it's, you know, right. you're sort of 
loosely tracking instead of putting all your shit on a scale like you used to, right? So that's what's making you fat. I, Tina, you, Brandy, and the whatever calories we put you on is not making you fat. Hear me now. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I've talked about this a thousand times. There's nothing that makes me more frustrated as a coach than a fake log. Yes. The fake logs. And look, people, we've been doing this a hundred years. I I see a fake log a hundred miles away. Log a mile away. You're fooling no one. Right. Science didn't have a party and leave your ass out. Right. You are not the anomaly who's gaining a, a, a pound a day on a thousand calories. You're not that you're person. Not. I mean, nobody's that person. You are not. You're not. You're not that special. It's not you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so stop it. Be honest with your coaches. And here's the other thing I'm going to say. You are going to struggle. You will struggle. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Do not isolate yourself. Be honest with your coach. If you go overboard, come to me, talk about it. Right. Go to Brandy, talk about it. Right. Um, don't beat yourself up over it. Don't go into the spiral of binge and restrict and binge and restrict. Don't try to cardio it off. Don't yeah. don't try um, to freestyle is what I what yes. I said. I don't stay in touch with yeah. your coaches. Yeah. You did something that you wish you hadn't done and now you try to freestyle and fix that, I promise you, you're making it worse. Yep. I promise you, you're yeah. making it worse. So yeah, like own up to it and help us, you know, talk to us so we can adjust the plan. And, you know, I think most people end up being successful if that's your end state, right? If your end state is to continue to be a better athlete, it all makes sense. The reverse makes sense. Right. And that's my last point on it. Another thing that I'll often do with people in the reverse, like, like from the jump, even like as early as I can, is set another fitness goal not related to bodybuilding. I like that too. shit what it is, right? Like what's your bucket list thing? And people, I mean, I've had a lot of, often it's running because they haven't gotten to run. Pull-ups, you want to learn how to do a handstand. You want to- Crossfit, powerlifting. Yeah, you want to climb a certain, but you know, I set a certain mm-hmm. goal usually within the first 90 days. And it's partially to just keep them plugged into, I'm an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, not, I'm off that cycle. Now I'm doing this. It's to sh- and it's to shift the focus from what I'm eating and not eating. And again, another goal to get over that hump. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, something totally un- unbodybuilding related. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of... Yeah. And, and bodybuilding related, right? So if you really are in it for the long haul as a bodybuilder, right? We're going to shift your focus from trying to lose body fat, right? That, that's, that's our focus, to gaining strength, right? So we're going right. to shift focus from an aesthetic goal mm-hmm. to a performance goal. Right. So that's to your point, right? So whatever that performance goal is, mm-hmm. we're shifting it from aesthetics to performance. Yep. And, and realize, too, so even though we talked about um, the physiology of all this, um, the mental emotional part of this is right so literally your brain your eyeballs that are connected to your brain have been watching your body get leaner 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 and so now your body's going to watch you get a little softer right yeah and so it your brain's having a hard time adjusting to that this is this is your brain this is this is not you know the pretend mushy shit this is literally your brain and how it functions it's going to take it a while to actually be able to understand that we're right. not only we're not we're no longer focused on lean 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 right so it's going to take your body your 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 mind your brain a little while to kind of catch up with yep. what's going on so you got to give it some time it, it can't go from like 0 to 60 in in you know in one week it's going to take right. some time to adjust mentally physically emotionally all of that so just give yourself some grace and don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. No, okay. <laughs> so um, anything else? Did we cover? Did yep. we kinda- I think we killed it. Yeah. And just like anything else, everybody's reverse is it's going different. to be different, right? Yep. So your friends, your teammate, your, oh, yes. your person standing next to you on stage that got to go from, you know, that, that is now eating 1,600 calories with a free meal a week is not you. Right. You might 
you might have been on some really fucking low calories, right? If you got down like sub 1,000, and some people mm-hmm. do, and you were doing cardio twice a day, you don't mm-hmm. get to eat 1,600 calories right after the show, mm-hmm. right? right. Sorry, right? Just like your prep was different than that person's prep, your reverse is going to be different too. So absolutely, every I can't say I'm going to give you this many carbs, I'm going to give you that, because I don't, you know, every every person is different. And the other thing I'll say is every client has a different tolerance yes. for, for gaining weight back, right? I've got some clients, I'll use Rebecca as an example. Now we reversed her fairly quickly because she was so lean, right? But um, she is, I mean, she is an athlete in the sport, you know, to in it, to win it, you know, to be an athlete in the sport. So she knows, she's like, I, like she's on her own now doing monthly check-ins. She's like, you know, I, my goal is to gain a pound a week. Like it's hard to get a woman to say, I want to get, I'm not a pound a week, a pound a month, right? Yeah. Um, so her tolerance was much higher than I know somebody who might be a little bit more fragile. Um, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. But no, that's but true. Just a little bit less tolerant to how their physique, how quickly mm-hmm. their physique is going to change. So I can, I can adjust our, our pace based on that, as long as we're keeping within the parameters of getting them healthy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's super important, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All that. Uh, yeah. So that's, um, anything else, anything else, um, today, um, for everybody, I want everybody to know that, uh, I hate Brandy right now because mm. she keeps sending me down these fucking rabbit holes of podcasts. And now I have podcast ADD and I can't, I can't, I it's because I have the best in. podcast. It's because I, I have know, the best I podcast. I'm getting sucked into these podcasts, and now I'm just like, oh my god! I'm like, well, let me try this one over here. Let me try this one over here, and then I so, listen a couple, and now I'm I I don't know. It's a lot. So I'll tell everybody the new one that I just started listening to, and I have to look up the name because I don't want to get it wrong. This is this actually is actually happening. happening. It's a podcast, and there's like ten seasons, so there's hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it can be a little, okay. So caution, it can, it's the couple I've listened to, they're intense and they're triggering. So there's a little caution in that they're kind of true crime, but they're real people's story. It's almost like an, I survived. It's like, you know, like on lifetime, it's like these. So I listened to another one that we didn't talk about where the guy, the title of it was, I was a white supremacist. (gasps) Or so, yeah, I think that, and he just kind of talked about his life story and talked about how his views as a human evolved into that mindset and things that happened where he evolved out of that mindset and his perspective on it now based in our current environment. That's and interesting. There's another one into the void that I think you'll like. Was a I heard about that one. I got to watch that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen to that one. So that one is about ayahuasca, which my sister is now trying to convince me to do. And I'm like 50% in and 50% terrified. Um, but they're really interesting. So I've listened to... What the fuck is ayahuasca? Ayahuasca is... So it originated in Peru, but you, it's um, like a ceremony. You have a... What do they call them? I want to say witch doctor, but that's not it. Who presides over it. It's like a religious ceremony, but you drink this certain tea and you go on kind of like a vision quest, basically. Uh huh. Um, so you'll have to listen. Listen to the, the Boyd podcast. one. Yes, right. yeah. That will, oh. the, he will explain it much. A shaman, not a witch doctor. A shaman. <laughs> sorry, if there's any sorry, shaman, all the shaman sorry. out there. Ooh. That was a uh, brain. Because I'm sure we have a pretty good following from the uh, shaman. The, the shaman community. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, interesting stuff. I don't know if I'm going to go do it ayahuasca yet. I have to keep thinking about that a little bit. Okay. I guess I'll listen to it, but I'm also, um, I'm into crime junkie. I listened to my first episode of, um, supernatural, supernatural. And I'm sort of into, I'm I'm into very presidential. She's she's a really good podcaster. Clearly she does this. She's clearly more professional than we are. (laughs) Um, but very good, very good podcasts. Yes. Um, Yes. Mm-hmm. True. That's it. That is true. <laughs> factual. So that is factual. Your, enjoy your podcast time. It's the truth. It's factual. Right. Everything is sad. It's what <laughs> zippity do da zippity. All right. I think it's time to go now. <laughs> what a wonderful day.
Plenty of sunshine. Oh no, we're gonna get the whole thing. Zippity doo dah, zippity yay, Mr. Bluebird. Oh, my oh, my dog's crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me started. I don't know what the f- was that. Mary Poppins? What was yeah, I just saying? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It might be um, too late, but don't get weird. Oh, but you know what? Can oh, I also say, I uh, rip, uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I, I was. So heartbroken to hear that. that is cancer fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah. Take care of your body. Listen to your body. Get things checked out. Go to the doctor. Avoidance is not a strategy. You know, Wakanda forever. Yeah, that's terrible. Terrible, awful, terrible, awful, terrible, awful. terrible. Yep. A young life, a young talented life gone far too soon. Yeah. So anyway, on that note, don't yep. But don't get it, weird. Don't get weird. Use your head. <laughs> It'll all be okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>